All right. Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for da- daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023, and today is the first day of the school year for us here um, at St. John. Um, those of you who are at home, who are homeschooled or otherwise, uh, maybe you've started, maybe you haven't. Regardless, uh, this is the center point of our life together uh, in this congregation, this parish, uh, and of our school. We begin each day at 8 a.m. with prayer um, and the same way that we do here. Although, uh, I do it a little bit more extensively with you, and I can do that because you don't ask as many questions. <laughs> it takes a little longer with the children, but that's good. Um, I encourage that with them. And so they uh, will be hearing and praying and confessing and singing the same things that we do here, uh, and that started this morning already. Um, so then uh, you can keep them in your prayers as well today, um, the, both the students and the teachers, and uh, maybe we'll do that. I should probably add that to our prayers for Sunday as well. Students and teachers. All right. I guess starting before Labor Day confuses everything, doesn't it? Next, Not next year. Next year we'll start on the Tuesday after Labor Day. So uh, let's get the devotion up on the screen. There it is. And let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Prayer psalm together. The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, he has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old, you are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, I think today would be a good day to uh, hear a meditation on the psalm. Uh, that's especially a good idea, given that there is no commemoration today. We've had the commemorations the last few days, haven't we? All right. Three psalms, uh, 92, 96, 98, or 93, 97, 99, I should say, begin with the line, the Lord is king, or the Lord reigns. In each case, the expression is actually a verb in both the Greek, excuse me, and Hebrew, malak, but it is translated here as a noun in order to give a clearer attention to the image of king, Basilois and Melech, suggesting the underlying verbs. Of course, uh, since our psalm is translated from the Hebrew, it is the verb. Proper English usage has no verb to king, and the usual substitution to reign fails to convey that image adequately. So what he's talking about is how the noun and the verb are the same word, it's just uh, the cognates of each other. So to king is, uh, king's king, not king's reign, uh, reigner's reign. I mean, it doesn't really, unfortunately, English doesn't work so well on this. But both Greek and Hebrew, it's the same word to be 
for the noun king and the verb to to be king or to reign as king. All right. Um, psalm, the psalm is a brief but rich composition resonating large biblical themes in each line. The Lord is king. He is clothed with splendor. In might has the Lord adorned and girded himself. The world he made firm for uh, that it be not shaken. The th- your throne is prepared from everlasting. You are from eternity. The rivers rise in flood, O Lord. The rivers lift their voices with the voices of many waters. Marvelous the swellings of the sea. Marvelous the Lord on high. Your testimonies have proven exceedingly faithful. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, until the length of days. All right. So that's translated from the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament. Among the manifold liturgical settings of this theophanic psalm is its weekly use at Saturday Vespers. This is the one that comes readily to mind. Perhaps its most significant use, however, and arguably the most striking, is as the first psalm at the ninth hour, known, and again at Great Vespers on January 6th, the Feast of the Lord's Theophany, also known as the Epiphany. In that context, this psalm serves as a meditation on the various gospel readings of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River. Thus, the Lord's kingship, his clothing and splendor and girding and might is manifested in the Holy Spirit's descent upon him in the form of a dove and is revealed in the Father's voice calling him, my beloved son. It is in his baptism that the Holy Church has granted the vision of the Lord Christ's deepest identity. In this sacramental revelation of his oneness with the Father and the Holy Spirit, we know him to be from all eternity and acknowledge his throne prepared from everlasting. Moreover, when we say to our Lord, from all eternity you are, we are taking up what he spoke of himself from the burning bush, I am who I am. Or who am. As he is proclaimed in the nimbus with which the sacred iconography normally adorns his head, the nimbus meaning the cross, Jesus is Ho'an, he who is, the truly existing one, the very source of all being, and more especially of our own. Eight times in the Gospel of John, therefore, Jesus speaks of himself with the same identifying reference, the absolute ego I me, the I am of Mount Sinai, John 6, John 8, John 50, 13, John 18. Identified here, then, as divine and eternally pre-existing, Jesus also shares in the work of creation. For all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. By him, furthermore, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. It is the very eternity of his throne that establishes the fixed character of creation. Thus we pray of Jesus in this psalm. The world he made firm, that it be not shaken. Your throne is prepared from everlasting. The very undulations of the Jordan, too, rising, flooding to acclaim him, raising their voices and rendering marvelous the swellings of the sea. These are the world's baptismal rivers, made holy at the touch of Christ, who steps into the stream in order to fulfill all righteousness. Matthew 3. In the liturgical text for the Theophany Feast, this fulfillment of all righteousness is accomplished by the Lord's trampling down of the demonic dragon concealed in the depths, rescuing the world from his traps and granting eternal life. Of what in response do these waters say for themselves? Cannot bear a consuming fire. Therefore do I marvel at your exceeding condensation, for I am not accustomed to wash the pure one, nor have I learned to purify the sinless one. Again, these are um, Greek liturgical texts. The waters that lift up their doxological voices, therefore, are the sacramental waters of our rebirth. It is in these waters that God's people are washed and made holy. The Holy Trinity, revealed in the baptism of Jesus, is the mystery of our incorporation into the church. We'll say that in the memory verse here in a minute. 
For we are baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In these waters we become God's very house, and holiness befits his house unto length of days. Right? Um, we might quote St. Peter there, that he is the cornerstone and we are living stones built up into a holy house. Beautiful. Great meditation on that psalm. So uh, think of this psalm, or next time we pray it tomorrow, um, think of the baptism in the Jordan and see if you don't hear echoes. All right, let's say the memory verse for the week, speaking of baptism and our identity in Christ. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3, verse 2. Our catechism for the week is the Lord's Prayer, Introduction. Our Father who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear Father. First petition, hallowed be thy name, what does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. Okay, our first reading today is continuation from St. Peter's second epistle, chapter 2. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. All right, all sorts of great references here. Um, but something to consider is the encouragement of the Christians to flee those who teach or preach falsely, um, and they do so with empty, um, swelling words. This is a, these are, makes me think of the TED Talks, right? Which are impressive words, 14 minutes, 12 minutes. Um, and yet... Um, not, not always leading to, well, certainly not leading to faith in Christ, and not always leading into the truth, um, but manipulating and coercing you into a false idea. That's certainly the case here, certainly leading away from faith in Christ, right? Um, and notice that um, the apostle, 
wants to remind you that, that God always takes care of them. And we're going to see this in our reading from Acts as well, is that um, it's not our job to tear down temples and to destroy all idols, um, even though uh, we rebuke them and we speak against them and we certainly flee from them and do not encourage others uh, to partake in them uh, with the table of demons, as uh, St. Paul calls it in 1 Corinthians. Um, but on the other hand, uh, we leave them to the Lord and his judgment, and he will uh, ultimately take care of them and their idolatry and their unbelief. All right. um, so don't become entangled with them, the apostle says, which is hard to hear um, because often there are neighbors, maybe even family members, um, but those those things are polluting in a sense. They, they are false words that get commingled with uh, true words and thereby corrupt words of emptiness. Mm. All right, and then our reading for catechesis is from uh, Acts chapter 19. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, then I must also see Rome. So he went into Macedonia, uh, or he sent into Macedonia, two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. And about that time there arose a great commotion about the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity in by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods uh, which are made with hands. So, not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificent destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. And when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians! So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, uh, Aristarchus, excuse me, Aristarchus, there we go, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and most of them did not know why they had come together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out that he was a Jew with one voice cried out for about two hours, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Zeus? Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar, there being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. All right, it's quite the reading, huh? So um, Paul, we hear, he was in Ephesus, um, and then apparently he leaves, uh, having accomplished what he intended to do there. If you remember, there were the miracles um, that were from the uh, handkerchief and the, and the apron, and then also 
We heard this yesterday about uh, that spirit that overpowered the seven sons of Sceva because, um, well, they were using the Lord's name uh, outside of his command. Also, then you had the uh, magicians burning their books, their uh, books of magic spells, and the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. So after that accomplished, Paul purposed by the Spirit to go where? To pass through Macedonia and and Achaia on his way to Jerusalem. Um, And then he intends to go and see Rome, the church in Rome. He writes to the church in Rome, um, and then legend has it that he died in Rome as well. Certainly you have his, uh, you'll you'll see in the rest of Acts, you have his various uh, imprisonments on the way to Rome. All right, uh, who did he send ahead of him uh, into Macedonia? Ah, we have St. Timothy and then also a man named Erastus, right? Uh, Then we have this other story, right? There arose a great commotion about the way. What is the way? This is a shorthand for the Christian faith. Um, A name given to the preaching of Jesus Namely, I am the way, the truth, and the life, if you remember. Yeah. All right. And the commotion is coming from a certain man named Demetrius, right? What's uh, Demetrius's occupation or vocation? He's a silversmith, right? Um, who makes silver shrines to Diana. I gave you that image here at the title frame. Yeah, there's Diana. She was the archer, right? You see her with the stag. Um, this is a pretty common kind of statue of her. Sometimes you'll see her with a moon. Um, this Diana's uh, Greek name is Artemis, if you've heard of Artemis and Diana, right? So, uh, the archer. Uh, let's see. Um, of the Ephesians, this is Diana of the Ephesians, separates her from um, the rest of the legend of Artemis. Um, she's more like the Asian mother goddess Sibella, um, a patroness of nature and fertility. So usually when you see um, Diana of the Ephesians pictured, um, uh, she either has many breasts or she has many children, like in her skirts. That's how they're pictured. So a little bit a uh, different legend. Of course, this is always true with legends, right? Um, they vary from place to place. All right, um, but that that's neither here nor there. The concern of Demetrius is that uh, Paul's because Paul has been preaching, there is only one God. His name is Jesus, right? And uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if you prefer. And all other gods made um, are made with hands and are false gods, right? So. The problem here is that uh, he is, Paul, by his preaching, is harming the prophets of these craftsmen. The temple guy, uh, temple to the goddess of Diana will be despised because people will follow the way. Right? Um, by the way, the temple of, to Diana at Ephesus is one of the um, seven great wonders of the world, in the ancient world. It was built in about 250 BC. Uh, it, was, it was extraordinary. Um, 412. 20 feet, 25 feet long, 120 feet wide, and uh, or 220 feet wide. So 425 feet long, 220 feet wide, uh, with 120 white marble columns, each 62 feet high, and less than four feet apart. I mean, just incredible. Um, the image of inside the temple was supposed to have been dropped from heaven, and then uh, that temple was destroyed by the Goths in AD 263. Way to go, future Germans. We'll never get to see it. All right. What was the reaction to Demetrius's speech? Well, of course, he's trying to raise up a commotion, right? Or a riot. Um, and so his fellow craftsmen are also angry and cry out um, with a chant, right? Great is Diana of the Ephesians, verse 28. And the upset mob, of course, storms the temple. They need a, a place to riot. Um, they seize two of Paul's fellow companions, Gaius and Aristarchus, right? And uh, have them holding them hostage. 
Uh, Paul wants to speak to the crowd, presumably to uh, rescue his two companions, right? So to travel back to Ephesus or away from, what was it? The, the school of Tyrannus, right? Is where he was teaching. But his, his disciples would not allow him. And others even uh, throughout the region of Asia pleaded with Paul not, uh, not to go, right? The um, St. Luke here describes the scene in a very particular way. Verse 32, right? There's people crying out all sorts of things to one another. They're confused. Uh, and peop- some people didn't even know why they were there, right? So now you see uh, mob mentality, right? What are we protesting again? <laughs> What's this all about? All right. Um, but they draw out Alexander and put him forward. The Jews put him forward uh, to make a defense. Why did the crowd react to his being a Jew? <laughs> Is that better than uh, a follower of the way? Not exactly. He's not going to be uh, a worshiper of Artemis either, right? So again, now with Alexander's um, appearance, they continue to chant loudly, great is Diana, right, of the Ephesians for two hours. All right, finally, it is the city clerk or mayor that uh, quiets them down and gives them a speech, right? Um, and he reminds them, the people, that everybody knows that they were guardians of the great temple and that the image that is the sacred stone of Diana, that was carved into Diana, uh, fell from Zeus in heaven. Everybody knows that. Uh, and so this should prompt them to act very carefully and quietly and not rashly because how can you protect the temple if you're writing, right? There'd be collateral damage, right? Cities get burned um, with these mostly peaceful protests. Hmm. All right. Um, the clerk, you know, skilled as, say, uh, Herod was at the time of Jesus, uh, is trying not to give in to their demands, of course, and so he makes a case um, that these men haven't robbed the temples, haven't stolen anything, um, they haven't blasphemed the goddess, um, and that there's a lot of uh, conjecture here, or projection. And so uh, Demetrius should actually take his complaints to the lawful assembly to be judged by the proconsul, the, the judge, right? And uh, it seems like the city clerk is quite worried that, what does he say? That, yeah, we'll be called into danger are called into question for the danger of today's uproar, meaning there'll be bigger shots uh, among the Roman hierarchy that will come down uh, and be brought, bring this place to peace and order. Um, and that, of course, is going to mean a lot of whipping, <laughs> a lot of punishment. So let's avoid that. Let's calm down uh, so we can avoid the greater wrath of Rome. And he's wise about that. All right. Um, so you, I think you can even see this uh, city clerk uh, doing the work of the Lord and saying, you know, just leave him alone. Um, the Lord will take care of these sorts of things. Even though that's not what he intended, that's how the Lord uses it. All right, so let's summarize. Paul and his preaching were perceived as a threat by the craftsmen who made their living from the people following the religion of magic. That was yesterday. Demetrius appeals to the pride of the Ephesians to stir them up against the preacher of the gospel, even though his charges are false. Still, many in the church accuse preachers of the gospel of attacking their traditions and long-held practices They seek to stir up men against these faithful preachers. They are really attacking the word of the Lord and should take time to consider the actual word of the Lord instead of their own personal opinions. The advice of the clerk to his fellow citizens is good advice for those who are in the church. As guardians of the word of Christ, who is the true temple and image of God, we should be faithful to that word of truth. Of course, he was using it for Diana, but uh, we can learn something for ourselves too and leave them alone. The Lord will take care of them, right? All right, let's sing our hymn for the week. Crown him with many crowns.
crown him with many crowns, call him upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns, all music but its own. Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless King through all eternity. Crown him the virgin Son, the God incarnate are those crimson trophies one which now his brow adore fruit of the mystic rose yet of that rose lost out the root whence mercy ever flows the babe of Him the Lord of love, behold his hands and side, rich wounds yet visible above, in glory beautified. No angels in the sky can fully bear that sight, but downward bend their at mysteries so bright. Crown him the Lord of life, who triumphed o'er the grave, and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing, who Lord of heaven, enthroned in worlds above, round him the King to whom it is given a wondrous name of love. Crown him with many crowns, as thrones before him fall. Crown him, ye kings, with many for he is king of all. All right, let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, by your gift alone, your faithful people render true and laudable service. Help us steadfastly to live in this life according to your promises, and finally attain your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, in holy baptism we became your dear children, and you became our dear Father. You have given us every gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And for Jesus' sake have made us, are made to us many great and precious promises. We thank you for the gift of forgiveness, for clothing us with the righteousness of Christ, for making us joint heirs with your Son of eternal life. Forgive us for doubting your tender love for us, 
and for not trusting that we are your dear children in Jesus. Give us confidence in your word, boldness to call upon you in prayer for all our needs, and the joy of being your dearly loved and forgiven children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pray this day for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. All right, we pray this day in Thanksgiving with Margaret, Cole, and Benjamin celebrating their birthday with the households of our church, especially that of Jessica, Randy, Ross, Neil, John and Linda, Timothy and Amber. Pray for all our catechumens. All right, currently enrolled. I'm going to have to add some additional here, as well as um, our adult catechumens who will resume here in a few weeks. Pray for those ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Joe, Kelsey, Dennis, Naomi, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, and Eileen, Ron, Doug, Bev, and Donna, Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. We pray in intercession for the Tupper family and their need. Also pray um, for the students and teachers uh, returning. Uh, I spell that right to class. All right. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would... Um, keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, I actually found some uh, media I can show you the actual an actual uh, remnant slide of Artemis of or Diana of um, of Ephesia, uh, Ephesus, I should say. Let me see if I can find it here. Which window is it going to be? This window? No. This window? No. This window? No. Window? No. No. How about this window? No. Getting closer. There it is. All right. <laughs> Sorry for the. Uh, there we go. Uh, so I don't know if I can zoom in on that at all. But you can see her there. You can see where Ephesus is. Here's that theater. It's still there where Demetrius rallied the people. All right. Um, and then here's a, a little bit of the all that remains of the temple of Artemis. You see one of those col- marble columns there and a few of the, uh, the temple stones. There's an image of what it might have looked like. All right. So it, it's understood... Uh, what's going on with the mother goddess there, but you get some ideas of it. And then here's where the uh, proconsul would have been, et cetera, and the Senate. All right. Well, that's kind of fun, huh? Some new resources uh, that I was able to purchase here not that long ago. So that gives you a better idea. It's a better image. Yeah. It's not some great images of it, but there you go. All right. So we'll leave it with that. Uh, you're welcome. I'm glad to have you here with us. Those of you watching, listening later in the day, greetings to you as well. And uh, you can join us each morning at uh, nine o'clock. We'll be here again tomorrow morning. We do have a divine service this evening. Please come um, and join us in person to be fed with God's word and sacrament. 
uh, should be nice and cool, so you don't have to worry about that. And, uh, uh, of course, Wednesday evening, at least as it stands now, is uh, unique from Sunday, so uh, it's a great opportunity to further um, supplement uh, your faith in life with God's Word. All right, so I hope to see you this evening. God be with you all. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church, Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.